Hello, and welcome to the Disability Connection. I'm your host, Walter Nunes. The Disability Connection is produced by the Disability Law Center, which is located at 11 Beacon Street in Boston. We provide legal services for folks with disabilities in several areas, including housing, education, and facility work. Um, the Disability Law Center is the protection and advocacy service for the Commonwealth. And we could be reached at 617-723-8455, toll-free 800-872-9992, or on the web at www.dlc-ma.org. Today I'm joined by a senior staff attorney at the Disability Law Center, uh, Svetlana Umakova, who's going to talk to us today about protection and advocacy for beneficiaries of Social Security, which is called PABS. So you'll hear us saying PABS quite a bit. And Svetlana, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. So we'll jump right in. So on the issue of PABS, how is the Disability Law Center involved with these issues related to work and benefits? Well, among many other funding streams, uh, Disability Law Center is a recipient of a little bit of money from the Social Security Administration through a so-called PABS program. Okay, so we've already talked about what PABS is, which is protection and advocacy for persons, um, for beneficiaries of Social Security. So how is it that folks who receive Social Security can benefit from PABS? Well, um, I would like to first of all underscore that by Social Security today we mean people who receive federal benefits from the Social Security Administration because of their disability. We're not, not talking about retirees. Right. And people who are, have disabilities and receive SSI or SSDI from Social Security Administration can find additional services that hopefully will get them new skills or perhaps retrain them uh, based on the jobs they had before so that they can plan to return to work full-time or part-time. So um, now folks have questions. I mean, I'm sure after people see this program, they're going to allow their questions answered. But if they have questions, they could contact the Disability Law Center? Absolutely. They can and contact us, Social Security Administration. We provide legal support, advocacy, short-term assistance. And if we cannot help you, we will try to find referrals. And, and I want to also underscore what Svetlana said. I mean, we are talking about disability-related benefits, not any other program. And thank you so much for that clarification. So I thought, because I'm not in your area of practice, that if folks who receive disability benefits, if they work, they automatically lost their benefits. That's not true, is it? Well, it's a widely perceived misconception, uh, not unreasonable, but luckily for all of us, it is not true. In fact, if you are receiving SSI or SSDI, whether for a short period of time or for a long time, you can work. Uh, part-time and if you slowly increase your work hours to full-time your benefit benefits may stop but it will not happen right away and your connection to the health insurance will remain well we're going to touch on most of those issues and Things like this are called work incentives? That's correct. Social Security has a name as any large bureaucratic administration organization. It has a name for almost every other program or concept. So a set of rules that help people to stay on benefits and have connection to work, to employment world, this set of rules is called work incentives. 
And a particular, one of the programs is called the Ticket to Work. Exactly. Another beautiful name, Ticket to Work. This is something that Congress came up uh, in the 1990s, in the early 1990s. And this is a special program ran by the Social Security Administration that funds some of the vacational or rehab services for folks who receive SSI or SSDI and need help finding a job or acquiring new skills. So vocational or rehabilitation services, is that the same as being employed? I wish I could say that would be the same, but it is not uh, this way. People who are receiving SSI or SSDI sooner or later will receive literally a piece of paper that will say ticket to work. This ticket does not help you find employment immediately so vocational rehab services does not equal employment right. but it does equal some additional help retraining hands-on um, monitoring and mentoring that will help you hopefully uh, in your vocational search and it makes me think that if any of you out there watching have received a ticket to work letter or something that says ticket to work you could certainly call us the show is live 617-708-3290 if you'd like to call and ask uh, Svetlana a question. I'm sure she'd be happy to answer it. So when a person returns to work, so as I understand it, what you're saying, this is a process that helps people get ready to go back Precisely. to work. Mm -hmm. So when they start work, uh, do they have any specific responsibilities? No matter how you decide to return back to the employment world, whether you're using Ticket to Work or perhaps you found a job on your own and you receive benefits, you have an ongoing responsibility to report to Social Security Administration. However you choose to do it, whether it's by phone or in person or perhaps by mail, but you have to report on a regular basis, not once a year, as usually everybody who receives SSI or SSDI will get a special form from Social Security at least once a year asking about employment. If you are working, you have to report more frequently than once a year. So I think we have a tag uh, that we could put on. If it's not on the screen now, we could put it on the screen in a little while to show uh, how people get in touch with the Social Security Administration to answer these questions. So things that, that can be changes are starting work. Precisely, starting work, changing duties, oh. wages, if wages change, if somebody moves to another employment, if somebody needs extra help when working, that may in fact uh, help you to retain more of wages and more of benefits if Social Security only realizes that you are working under special conditions or with extra help. All of these events, first of all, must be reported. This is the first step. Right. And then you can work with Social Security or come to us and we can counsel and figure out what is the best way to present the situation as to maximize benefits and wages. Terrific. So, and in addition to calling or going online, folks could go to their local office? Absolutely. Local offices are still there. Uh, sometimes <laughs> customer service is suffering, but nevertheless, I encourage people to stay uh, with the ad administration. And if you decide to visit a local office, you may call in advance and make an appointment. If this is something that uh, folks at, the, at your local Social Security offices are not uh, ready to do, you can at least call or show up 
up as usual in any other agency and make the first step. Then you will set up a channel of communication. What is the best way to report your wages and do it. Terrific. And we have a website, www.socialsecurity.gov forward slash locator, which will help you find where your office is. That's correct. Now, if a person decides, because I know not everyone uh, uses the computer, believe it or not, and some people like to see people in person. So if a person plans to visit, mm -hmm. should they call and make an appointment first? Absolutely, especially yeah. if you need uh, an interpreter, whether it's a foreign language interpreter or ASL interpreter, this is something that Social Security as a federal agency is obligated to provide to you for free. Logistically, it's difficult to get an ASL interpreter or foreign language interpreter if you just show up. Uh, and that's why calling in advance is always helpful. Yeah, and as you know, the Disability Law Center, one of the things we do for folks is to ensure that when they're trying to access services in the community and they require either a language interpreter or an ASL or even a CDI, a Certified Deaf Interpreter, it is your right to have the, that service provided for you. So that's another reason why you might want to call in advance. So uh, with respect, I, I know that we talked about this program is for folks disability related. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Now, does it matter if they're receiving SSI or SSDI? Uh, as far as using a ticket to work or reporting responsibility, it does not. Whether you receive SSI or SSDI, it's important to report, and you have to realize that you have this right to use your ticket to work and get services. However, once you start working, the way Social Security looks at your wages is very different. And that's why I encourage you, if this is something that you're contemplating or maybe already working and have questions, please call us or Social Security Administration. And when folks do report these changes to Social Security, will they get any kind of documentation about that? That's excellent point. In fact, sometimes it doesn't happen, but it has to happen. Every time there is a report, uh, any event that you report to Social Security must generate what they call a receipt. Receipt will look like any other piece of paper, not something that you would get, let's say, when you're purchasing something. So receipts will state what has been reported and when, and that will be your proof going forward that, in fact, uh, you complied with your uh, reporting responsibilities. And if I may, in addition to maybe getting a folder or an envelope to keep that receipt in, you may want to also put if you're working, pay stubs. That's correct. Things Making of this copies nature. of the pay stubs and submitting them, uh, retaining copies for yourself. I always counsel clients saying, look, if you're not great with computing or even with bookkeeping, a shoebox. It's a <laughs> good old shoebox rule. Get a shoebox, put everything that has anything to do with this issue in the shoebox. And if you have questions, it will be so much easier for somebody like me, an advocate, to figure out what happened and counsel uh, people uh, in a better way, in a more informed way. And in addition to uh, earnings and receipts, in some instances, a person might have deductions. They may have accrued an expense. Could you give us an example of what kind of expenses could be considered a deduction for the purpose of this program? Uh, well, people should realize that this is not the same as uh, what we have in the IRS world for purposes of taxation. When people filed their tax returns with certain deductions, this is different. If you're self-employed, Social Security will only count your net 
income. If you are employee, it will be gross income. However, certain things, and that's what they call deductions, may be not taken into account by Social Security when they look at your wages. Let's say if I have a dog because I have a visual disability and my dog requires all that any other dog requires, mm -hmm. uh, vet services, food, you know, any, any kind of special equipment, I will deduct the cost of everything that I pay out of my pocket for the dog because this will be my impairment related expense. The dog helps me to be well enough, functional enough to go back and work and therefore you know I'm making a certain amount of money as gross wages. Social Security will deduct the amount that I'm spending on the dog as impairment related work expense. So I want to just drill down on that a little bit so that if a person is uh, identifying expenses that they had and to claim them as a deduction, those ex that money that was spent had to be spent uh, some way associated with their disability, like the example with the dog. Absolutely. It has to be medical service, medical goods, or any other goods that are connected to the impairment that you need to be able to return to work and that are reasonable. You know, if I have special spa for my dogs that costs thousands of dollars a month, no social pedicures. security exactly will probably say this is not reasonable. But anything within reason that you pay out of pocket that's medically related and helps you go back to work can be considered a deduction. As you can see, it's complicated. And that's why we need shows like this to uh, inform folks and invite to call us or call social security. I couldn't say it any better myself. So. I guess the question here, and maybe it's obvious, and maybe some of you out there have already guessed, so why does the Social Security Administration have a program like Ticket to Work? What's their reason? What's their incentive for having a program well, like this? Uh, believe it or not, this is another case of, you know, good intentions may not necessarily be gone wrong, but gone complicated. <laughs> Social Security uh, understands that for folks who receive disability benefits, you know, life is not over just when you get your check. They would like to move forward. Some people get better. Some people get more adjusted, receive assistive technology. So the idea behind the ticket to work is to increase the capacity to return to work and then once you are at work to, re to increase your work hours so hopefully you will be working off of benefits and off of benefit roles. So the ultimate goal is to get people off of benefits but not just to sort of kick them out but provide them services and help them to do this without losing the safety net. And if I can say in addition to getting a paycheck, you're also gaining independence. Absolutely. It cannot be overestimated. I think that's great. And another point which I think I'd like to underscore is as when I was a kid, you know, the phone was in the house, nobody had cell phones, nobody had computers. And, and not just that area, but there's more assistive technology for folks with disability that allows people to um, to be able to do more, to go to more places, and with certain technologies, they might be able to hold down a job that they couldn't have done, let's say, 10 years absolutely, ago. Absolutely. We are a changing environment, changing work market, uh, and that's why Social Security understands that people need extra help. And uh, in addition to us and Social Security Administration, uh, they are contracting with some of the agencies. They call them employment networks, or even with the local uh, rehabilitation agency here in Massachusetts. It's Mass Rehab, Ma Massachusetts Rehabilitation 
Accreditation Commission. Great. They have specially trained certified counselors who are, are able to help people plan their life around returning to work. What happens to your benefits? What happens to your subsidized housing if you are in subsidized housing? To your health care? So that you can take a holistic approach to this idea. Um, we um, have perhaps phone numbers on the screen for one of those organizations. In Massachusetts, we have Benny Plan, which is located at UMass, University of Massachusetts, and we have Project Impact at MRC. So let's repeat that. We have Benny Plan. Benny Benny Plan, which is 1-877-937-9674. Okay. Right. And Project Impact. This is um, a set of counselors who are located with MRC, Mass Rehab Commission, and you can reach them at 617-204-3854. And as anything these days, you can just Google it and it will show up in your search. It's, they, they are the only ones who will be called Project Impact. And what kind of assistance do they provide? I think their services are invaluable. They will provide individualized, free, confidential service. They will come out to uh, an individual's home or to some neutral ground, or they will invite people in their office, and they are able to provide ongoing services. Unlike attorneys, who are usually more of an emergency room people, mm -hmm. when problems happen, that's when we rush in. These folks are more like you. PCP, if you will. They are able to look in advance and plan to prevent problems. So, Now, is this while the person is working or while they're in the... The services are provided for those who have SSI or SSDI, who are from age 18 to 64, okay. and who are either already working or planning very close to going back to work. But, so help me understand this. The, uh, the, some of the providers will assist in, I don't want to call them basic things, but necessary skills when you're looking for a job, such mm -hmm. as resume writing or interview skills. How, what is the distinction between that support and the support you just talked about, that it's ongoing through the job? Right. Well, if you're using a ticket to work and go to Employment Network or MRC, those are vocational services. Okay. This is perhaps sometimes MRC would have limited funds to pay for your education if you need post-secondary education. Uh, Benny Plan and Project Impact specialize in, in a sort of more narrow way just on benefits planning. But there's no reason for you not to use both services. So if you are at MRC and you already have an individualized service plan, you can include benefit planning into it. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, again, uh, highlight things. For some individuals, uh, the rehabilitation, the vocational services might be going back to school. That's correct. To develop a skill set so they would be competitive in the job market. That's correct. So I'm sure this is, I'm sure hundreds of ears have perked up when I said this. So is this any school? Uh, is it, could it go to college, high school? I mean, what well, kinds of things well, are available to people? Right, this would be um, sort of a, a, a part of a bigger picture. If you come into MRC, one of the first questions an MRC counselor or any good counselor who does this type of work will ask is what are your inclinations, what are your dreams, what you would like to be at the mm -hmm, end of this mm -hmm. process, and then match the set of services to what the person is looking for. So if education 
education as part of the puzzle that definitely will be provided. It could be post-secondary at state school, for example. Um, I cannot guarantee that it would be uh, another PhD at Harvard, but it definitely will be an education that is tied to a specific skill that in turn will help this individual to retain a job in the near future. So, so that, makes, that makes really good sense, and that's a really good opportunity. And some different types of disabilities, you know, it may affect a person's ability to ambulate. And maybe before they were, maybe they were in a car accident, maybe they did something and they had a certain career path, they did a particular type that's of correct. work. And now they, they can't do that sort of physical activity, but they still are a really smart person with really good ideas. And maybe that person could develop a new set of skills to get into a new field that would rely on their ability to ambulate. Right, right. That, that would be sort of a, an, an ideal user of a, of a ticket. Um, people, let's say, it could be as simple as just retrofitting a van making van accessible so that the person can use a van to commute to work or perhaps uh, buying, purchasing and learning how to use new software, new hardware at home so that you can do telecommute instead of uh, being stuck in traffic all the time. So the key here is the, the understanding that services are individualized, you are a consumer, you have the right to ask questions to find the right provider and receive services. Some folks uh, mistakenly feel that if they are using tickets to work, they will get some extra money from Social Security. That is not so. They will be getting services and counseling that hopefully will get them moving into the direction of wages, but they won't be getting any more money in SSI or SSI. But in a, in a way, they're receiving valuable services that, for example, if I wanted a job coach or if I went to a headhunter or somebody to help me find new employment, I'd have to pay out of pocket for that. That's correct. And in this day and age, it never helps to have yet another stream of funding that you can potentially use. Uh, some people who will come to MRC will be declined because they do not have enough funding within the state funds to provide the services. But folks who have ticket to work, who are SSIOs as DIB beneficiaries, will be able to say, how about we get enrolled and get planning something around this because I have a ticket to work. Well, you know, this has been phenomenal. We're really close to the wire here. We've probably got about a minute or so. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there a particular thing that you want to make sure that people take away from this program before right. we well, say goodbye? I would really like to encourage everybody to not be afraid if they are contemplating seriously to go back to work, not to do it because they're afraid that they will lose benefits. This will not happen. First of all, it will not happen overnight. Secondly, there are out there services that will help you. And finally, even if things do not work out as we always plan, you can always go back into the program. You can reapply for benefits. You will be back uh, with the safety net. So there's a way to gently move in and out of the system. There's no reason to not try and find employment just because you're own benefits, whether you are young or whether you are nearing the retirement age. I don't think we could come up with a better ending. So, you know, be a little brave, get out there, you may find your, uh, the, the dream job you've been looking for. Uh, we have actually people at the Disability Law Center, our folks with disabilities, who are excellent attorneys, excellent administrators, and para paralegals, so it's, it's a real thing. So again, Svetlana, I want to thank you so much for being on the Disability Connection today. And I'd like to say to the folks outside that if uh, 
you know, they want to rewatch this program, I know it'll be shown again on, on BNN, but it'll also be available on YouTube. It'll be available on Facebook and as a podcast. The Disability Law Center will actually post this on our website. And you know, if you want to look up Disability Connection on YouTube, you will see this and the many programs we have already done. I want to thank you very much for watching. I hope you got something out of it and stay well. Thank you.